Hello and welcome to Grazia Life Advice, Grazia's podcast. I'm Rhiannon and each week I'll be interviewing women worth listening to and getting them to pass on the six best pieces of advice they've ever been given and the worst piece too. Our guest this week is Arsenal and England football captain Alex Scott. One of our finest female footballers of modern times, Alex recently retired to become one of the BBC's key pundits on both the men and women's game. Having been at the top of her game for years as the sport gained more and more attention, Alex is a really inspirational character and you can practically hear her positivity beaming through the microphone. We talked about loads of stuff, tackling trolls, being a mentor and even Notting Hill Carnival. So over to Alex. I'm here with Alex. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. You're here to give us your best advice. Yes. Um, but also to talk about the fact that you are um, going to be on TV because there's going to be this huge World Cup qualifier on Friday on the BBC. There is. Tell us about that. Yes, England take on Wales, which is always kind yeah. of that rivalry, that clash, which adds to the excitement of the game. Um, I think for me, I'm enjoying being a part of it in a different way. I've played for England for, wow, over 10 years, yeah. I think, 140 caps. Even surprised me even when I say that <laughs> still. Um, but still to be around on the other side, from the sideline, looking in, but commentating, I still feel a part of it in a big way, which is great. So obviously I'll be supporting the girls and I want them to win and be in the World Cup next year. Yeah. And so whoever wins this game qualifies for the World Cup in yes. France next year. Uh-huh. That's amazing. And the BBC is going to be covering all of that and they're doing loads of women's football. Is it yeah. great for you now to see that finally happening? It's great. The change from when I started playing for Arsenal I signed for Arsenal when I was eight so to see it now that you know women have the chance to be professional and you know just being dedicated to the sport and playing at such a high level and people like the BBC that have backed the women's game for so long and not just football women's sport in general they've been big advocates for and that's what it needs it needs platforms like that so everyone is accessible to everyone which that will be great on the Friday night live on the BBC and it's just so inspiring for young girls to be able to switch on Mm. the TV and see female role models and Mm. that's what it's all about. Yeah, you can't be what you can't see. Yeah. But that is just so true, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, I love speaking to sports people because they always seem to have the best advice because you kind of have to live by these mantras that keep pulling you through. Mm-hmm. So let's start with your first one. And you say this is your golden rule. Yeah, I think this is just the golden rule of life. And it's kind of how I live. I treat others how I would like to be treated mm-hmm. or you want to be treated yourself. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of that positive person and just basic manners and mm. you know and I think it is just a golden rule of life mm. so yeah that's my always my pers- um, first piece of advice does it always work do you always see that come back to you do you know and I suppose <laughs> that's the hard thing because yeah. you treat others like you want to be treated and sometimes it isn't reciprocated but that's the thing and I suppose to remember just no matter how others treat you just stay true to your own values mm. and stay true to yourself and yeah just be that good person in the women's football game, I can't imagine there's loads of divas. Tell us what it's like. Are there, you know, I don't imagine everyone's like kicking off in like the celebrity, uh-huh. as in the celebrity game. Is it? Well, you just think you've got a group of women going through all sorts in their life. You know, you've got mothers, you've got people that are going through troubles at home and bring that all into a changing room. There is going to be. But I suppose that's what you have to understand. And I suppose for my part, I've been captain of teams for a very long time. I went Mm. on to captain England and be captain of Arsenal. So it's just 
being understanding and managing that and you know people go through their bad days but mm-hmm. tomorrow they come back and just remember they are that good person and you yeah. spend a lot of time together it's like a family and I think if you kick out at people and the next day you just feel worse don't you so yeah. if you can always try and be nice as a starting point at least uh-huh. <laughs> no one wants that awkward situation yeah. you know where you've had bad vibes with someone in the office or in the changing mm. room and you have to have that every day so just work through it yeah, yeah. and but understand that I suppose in the football environment and in work, you're, you're not going to be best friends with everyone, but you have to have relationships in mm. some way with people to get on and get the best out of everybody. Mm, brilliant. And I love your second piece of advice as well. Pay it forward. Talk about that. Yeah, for me, do you know, actually, this was so evident. I spent three years playing professional in America. Mm. And then we always used to, before the game, go to brunch at this one place in Boston. And I remember I just finished eating my brunch and I went to pay for a meal. And then the waitress was like, no, it's been taken care of. Right. And I was like, no, no, I've I've not paid yet. And, And she told me a story that there's a man that comes in every Saturday. And every Saturday he pays for someone and he doesn't want to be identified. So he'll pay and then leave the restaurant and I just thought that is so amazing and how nice is that and I suppose that's that story's always stuck with me but like golden rules and everything I do believe in paying it forward Mm. doing nice deeds for others not necessarily to raise yourself or elevate your own platform but just you know I suppose you I you put in what you get back from the universe so I believe a lot in trying to help others yeah do you do a lot of mentoring I'm interested now you're obviously a high profile woman in sport Uh you must be in demand for mentees yes I think for me um we have full custody of my niece actually um so she doesn't really have that female figure around her or her mum um so I've taken kind of on that role. Mm-hmm. I know the responsibilities that I have for her just to kind of be that role model and like you said, that mentor. And then I've got some plans over the next year for a program that I'm developing. So I'm really excited about that. Wow. So when it comes, I'll come back and explain <laughs> it all. First to Gracia. <laughs> yeah. When you'd had that time in America, how was that? Because now over here, the women's game is so much more recognised, but there was a time when you had to go to America and it's a totally different game out there. Yeah, I think it's one of these, what I wrote down, so I'll go into it more in a bit. But for me, that time in my life, I was 23. So to have that amazing opportunity, it would have been very easy for me to stay at Arsenal. We were winning everything. We Mm -hmm. were at the height of everything. Um... But for me, it was challenging myself, stepping outside of my comfort zones. Um, I know it wasn't going to be easy, but for me, I was the best right back, regarded the best right back in England, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't in the world. And I know going, making that decision to go and play in America would push me to get that next goal. And Mm -hmm. that's absolutely what it did. And I loved my time. It wasn't just being professional, but it was a lifestyle as well. Mm -hmm. Being in a professional environment and like we said, stepping out of that comfort zone, you know, it wasn't the luxury of having my family round the corner when I needed them. And you do, you have to make friends and step outside in a different environment. And, and that helped me grow as a person. Yeah. And talk a bit about how the women's game out there is is so much is so much bigger, or is mm-hmm. at least on kind of more on parity with the men's game over there, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It was fantastic. Like I just, it's making me smile even remembering <laughs> all the memories. Um, we used to train out of Harvard, which was amazing wow. in itself. Uh, we used to get crowds of over 10,000. And so for me, coming from England, where you'd only have a couple of hundred because we was only semi-professional, mm-hmm. um, to then going into arenas like that was absolutely amazing. But then to come back in 2012, like I did, the game had changed so much over here. We were just turning professional 
professional. So to see that now and get those sorts of crowds, like we did playing for Team GB when we got 70,000 at Wembley well, and yeah. playing in stadiums now for England and you get over 40,000. That just shows how far the women's games come. And now we're on par with the mm. league. And I'd say actually the talent we attract to the English league was like when we was playing over in America, the mm. top talent now want to come and play in England. And that's quick. That's quick to see that change, I think. For, you know, sometimes progress can feel really slow. Uh-huh. But to see that in maybe like five, six years, that's great. I think everyone can see, like you said, the growth of the women's game. And it's kind of that untapped market and everyone's mm. trying to get into it now because they see the potential that it can have. But it does. It needs that continuing, that backing. Because like we said, it's changing not just in sport, but I suppose in the world, in society in general. You know, it is more about women stepping to the forefront mm. and saying, I can and I will. I heard on another footballing podcast, actually, that um, sponsors and companies are so interested in the women's game now because Mm -hmm. they feel like they can get in on the floor or not so much the floor, but, you know, in a different way than they can the men's game. But they're getting as many people watching and it's a great opportunity. And I think a lot is when you talk to female sports, we know our responsibilities. Mm. So if you're going to ask us to do something, we're more willing to do so because we know about the connections and what it means to be that role model and to give back and try and help that next generation to come through. So it isn't, okay, we've got it this far and we're happy to sit back. Mm -hmm. No, we still want to carry on to help this sport or women's sport in general grow. Mm, Absolutely. Live fearlessly is your third (laughs) piece of advice. (laughs) Was that when you went to America? That must have been quite scary. Or was that something else you're thinking of? Yeah, no, just in general. I think we can always look for what ifs and when we're walking down the street or just, do you know what? I'll actually, I'll bring this to the current time. I was actually with my hairdresser the Mm -hmm. other day and we was actually talking about Notting Hill Carnival. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, And it was actually me that was like, oh, do you know, I don't know if I'm going to go this year because you hear about all the trouble and everything. Mm. And she was like, Alex, you know what you're all about and I was like what's that D and she was like you always live so fearlessly like that's what you bang on about she was like so why are you sitting in my chair <laughs> doubting whether you should go to Notting Hill Carnival yeah. she was like there's that can happen anywhere in the world. She was like, just think of all the positives, the atmosphere. I love live music, going to live events. And she was like, no, she was like, you need to go. And mm. I was like, Dee, you're absolutely right. And sometimes I suppose even me or us, we just need those reminders again mm. in our lives. Like you can't live your life in fear of what ifs and what might happen. You need to go celebrate and enjoy yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you talk about going to see live music. Are you loving life now you're retired, going and doing more things like that and not thinking about getting up for training in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) I have to admit I am. Um, I actually was thinking that to do a bucket list because I remember every year there'd be things like, oh, I wish I could do that, but I've got a game or I wish I could do that, but we're going away on an international tournament, which was amazing. I wouldn't change it for for a thing. Um, But now it's just like things like Coachella. I've mm. always wanted to go. Big Beyonce fan. So when she headlined last year, I was like, I wish I was there. Mm. So yeah, I think this year will be spent doing things that I've not been able to do. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> A reverse bucket list though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about your fourth piece of advice, which I'm so keen on because you've put an emoji next to it yeah. as well. <laughs> If anyone tells you your dreams aren't possible, take that as your first yes, it is possible. I had a lot of this when I was uh, young, people telling me that 
that I wasn't kind of good enough and I wouldn't make it mm-hmm. um, in the footballing world. And actually, as I'm transitioning into media, I've had the same thing that people was like, yeah, mm. you know, I've got an accent. Yes, I know I've got an accent. I'm from the East End of London, very proud of it. <laughs> and they said that, yeah, because of that, you know, things might not be possible. And for me, that was always like, okay, you don't believe in me, but I'm going to go and show you that it is possible. So it motivates you. Yeah, absolutely. So don't let anyone dampen your spirits or your dreams because that's one person, but there's a whole heap of other people that will believe in you. Mm. So don't let that one person give you that self-doubt that it's not possible. It seems bizarre that people might have told you not good enough for football and then you end up being the England captain. I know. That's How great. does that happen? <laughs> I told you, it gave me my motivation because I wanted to prove that one person mm. so wrong. Um, and it pushed me even harder because I went away. I worked on my fitness. I worked on all different aspects of my game mm. to make sure that it would happen. Mm. And talking about moving into broadcasting, you were saying people can't people believe people give you stick about your accent. It's barely <laughs> there, but um, you know, Twitter is a horrible place. It is, and I thought that the reception around the World Cup and how great you were, you know, seemed to be great from the outside. Mm-hmm. Do you still get the occasional trolls? Oh, absolutely. And for me, I know it's part and parcel of it. You're always going to get that percentage that even now, the other day when I was on uh, TV about it's either my accent because I do have an accent. Sometimes my grammar is poor, but no one's perfect. Like certainly a lot of the male <laughs> pundits aren't perfect. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is for me, I'm that sort of person. I can laugh at myself if mm. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to laugh at myself anyway. Um, But for me, it's always about being true to myself, showing my personality and doing the job. And I believe I'm doing that. But like we said, the percentage of it was fantastic. And so for me, that's what I go with and all those people showing me love. And I'm so thankful for that. Mm. Sexism. Is there a lot of sexism you still have to face on Twitter when they're talking about your accent, are they really talking about your accent or oh, are they just no. finding a way of being sexist? <laughs> no, there's some, you know, I'll oh, get back in the kitchen and oh, all of that. So. Well, you know what? I will get back in the kitchen because I do like to cook, <laughs> but I also love football and I love sports. So how about I can do both? So yeah. those sort of things. And it actually, it makes me laugh. It mm. doesn't really make me angry because I think, you know what? You are so stuck in that old school and in a different generation. And I feel sorry for you. Mm. So it doesn't really bother me. That's what an attitude to have. I love that. Uh, your fifth piece of advice is is about one door closing, yes. another one opening. Yeah, I think sometimes where goes with number three as well, mm. being fearless, because sometimes we do we fear that next step. Um, and for me, I retired from football, and even to this day now, people are like, oh, you're still so young. Why did you retire? Mm. And I think sometimes athletes, or no, not just athletes, in life, people are so scared of the what next. Mm. What if it's the wrong time? What's going to happen if I do this? And then so sometimes it's just being brave enough to take that step mm-hmm. because, you know, that next chapter might just be amazing and the right thing. Um, so, yeah, so I believe in that. Like, one door's closed. I've close that chapter on being a professional athlete Mm -hmm. but in these months already like it's amazing this new journey that I'm on and I'm absolutely loving it and it has been the right decision Mm. um so yeah what was it that made you make that final decision to uh retire and what and was it tough yeah it was really tough for me like I said I signed for Arsenal when I was eight and it's always been that family environment and a place Mm -hmm. that I felt comfortable in everyone knows me and it's your routine um going into training every day being around the team you know that's hard as well that training that 
um, dressing room, the atmosphere, mm. being in that every single day, that's a hard thing to step away from. Um, but for me, one, I always knew I wanted to go out on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always wanted to go out still loving and having a passion for my sport. I didn't want to get it to the days where I was dragging and moaning about going in. Yeah, That's weird, because how can you ever say about moaning to go in to, to train, yeah, really? Yeah, if but it starts to hurt, though. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so I just knew my mentality was shifting and I was actually getting more fun and excitement wanting to go to a TV studio mm-hmm. and do that side than I was going to training. And I was thinking, yeah, it was just the right time um, and my opportunities in TV. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And is it about having a new lease of life as well? I interviewed um, the sprinter, Dina Asher-Smith, oh, last yeah. week, mm-hmm. who was fantastic. And we were talking about romance and she said, look, I'm only an athlete till I'm about 32. Uh-huh everything else can come after that and it's about having another life maybe as well did you find that were you looking forward to doing other things yeah like we just said about all the things that I've not been able to do because Mm -hmm. of my sport and now like I want to move back into London I want to be in the buzz of it and because I have I've sacrificed so much and dedicated everything to my passion to make it to the top and I wouldn't change a thing Mm. but now I'm excited and embracing this new life of mine and just having fun yeah, I mean, you seem so hyped, you know, are you in a good place in your life at the moment? You... I really am, yeah. yeah. Um, no, actually, well, I've just been through a tough time with yeah. my dog passing this week, but I suppose, you know what, that's just real and that's life. Sometimes mm. you're on highs, sometimes you're on lows, but, you know, we have to understand that's life, but you've got to enjoy it and you just got to keep going with it. Yeah, absolutely. Being difficult, both being difficult is great. I was like, no, being being different is great is your final piece of best advice. Yeah, do you. Like, don't be scared to be different from the crowd. Mm. I think that's boring these days, you know. Stay true to you, your personality and standing up if you've got a point to make, make Mm -hmm. it. Don't be scared. Don't just yeah follow others because your point or what you want to do just might be so fantastic and what people want to hear from Mm -hmm. so don't be scared of being different have you always felt like that or is it something you've come to later in life I think sometimes when we're younger Mm -hmm. it's harder to accept that it's all right to be different yeah no I actually think from a young age I was because I was that only girl playing in the football cage with the boys and Mm. my mum's friends were laughing at her when she used to say oh Alex wants to be a footballer and they used yeah they used to laugh and say well you know she'll grow out of it well no I was different I loved sport I knew what I wanted to do and I suppose I have to be thankful well I am thankful for my mum because it would have been very easy for her to Mm. push me onto another path but she never let me take a different path from the dream and what I wanted to do. That's wonderful. And now do you hope that, you know, other mums out there see the kind of things that you guys are doing and not oh. and not worry about letting their kids do whatever they want to do if, if that's sport? Yeah, I think I saw, I read something yesterday about exactly that. There's a stat out there now that mums are saying they have no problems with mm. letting their girls go into sport or they're actually pushing them into it because they can see the benefits. One, the life skills are so transferable, the mm. dedication, the commitment that you have to show, being in a team environment all of it you know they equip you for life um and just the benefits i think female sports women are such good role models mm-hmm. in everything they do how they live their life and just yeah so i would always 
push young girls to be in team sports or mm. just be a part of that. It's like a family, like it's so much fun. Yeah, can you talk a bit about team sports? Because I think we're coming more to that now in recent mm-hmm. years, after years of people being like, no, go sit in the gym on your own and, and do a hit class. <laughs> <laughs> Why is team sports so great? And obviously it's helped you over the years. Yeah, because it is like a sisterhood. You've mm. got your family around you. like, And we said you have those ups and downs, but you've always got that team environment and mm. to help you through those times as well. And yeah, why go and sit in a gym by yourself when you can be part of a group and dancing around and having fun with others and creating memories? Yeah, absolutely. We like to finish on a piece of bad advice (laughs) because people always seem to throw advice at you. And to be honest, it's not all worth taking. Is Mm. there some bad advice you've been given in your life that you are glad you didn't pay attention to? Yeah, well, I suppose it goes into my both, my footballing career and transitioning to media, Mm. saying that, yeah, I don't think you're good enough. Mm. Um, like that, like I said before, that's one person's thoughts on you, but there's a whole heap of other people that believe you're amazing and great. So never let that one person mm. stop you. You seem so positive though, and it is easy oh, to say one. But, you know, <laughs> don't let one person. But it can hurt. I mean, how? What do you think? How? What are your methods yeah. for making sure that you keep out the negative? My thing is always to try and spin it into a positive. So yes, that one person is saying this, but I'm going to show them everything else that is great. Or that one person saying, yes, I don't think you're fit enough. Well, actually, okay, I'll take that and I'm going to show you that I am. So Mm. I work extra harder on my fitness to make sure I was the fittest in the team. So you use it as motivation. Alex, that's yeah. been really great. Thank you. Before you go, I have to get you to talk to us about why, you know, people, if they've not done it before, should be watching the women's football show and looking forward to the World Cup next year. There's so much exciting stuff going on yeah. in the women's game. There is. And I think off the back of what we've just seen in the men's World Cup and how they were, that will continue to mm. next year. Um, and then off the last World Cup, you know, we managed to get all the way to the semi-final. And yeah. yes, it ended in heartache. But that's the magical thing. Everyone yeah at home was on that journey with us so get back on that journey with us again (laughs) to the world cup next year um because like we said they're such good role models Mm. um and not just females we're talking about men Mm. get involved as well it's football at the end of the day and you know the girls are playing for their country trying to do everyone proud and Mm. we need everyone's support brilliant thanks so much for coming thank you for having me Thank you so much to Alex for coming in. I loved speaking to her and I think we could all do with a slice of that positivity into our lives. At least we can take it into today. As I said in the interview, Alex will be part of the BBC's coverage of the Women's World Cup qualifier between Wales and England on Friday. It will be over on BBC Two. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please do subscribe, rate us, review us. It really, really helps spread the word. We really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you next week for more advice from women worth listening to. 